Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode number 52, Memory Maker. My name is Pete and joining me tonight are Matt. What's up everybody? And Tom. You're welcome for the title. We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, lower your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. It's a clever title. I really, really enjoyed it. So tonight's episode is probably going to be cut a little bit short, just because we've got a holiday weekend and it is the most important weekend of the year. Of course, I'm referring to college football being back. Been a long time coming. We're all very excited about it. But we are going to talk about our favorite Disney memories. This is going to be a sentimental, sappy episode. So if you're not into that, come back. Just hit subscribe, like, and download, and you'll be good. Before we get into that, let's go to Tom with the news. Tom, what do we got for news this week? Enlighten us. Yeah, as Pete alluded to, it's going to be a bit of a short news week because we are recording in the middle of the week. Uh, but did want to revisit something. On our last episode, you heard us discuss the monorails a few episodes ago, actually. Episode 50, uh, we, we discussed the monorails as being kind of a can't-miss item at Disney World and, and something that we have fond memories of. And we were trying to pinpoint on the fly when the monorails began running. And we were correct that, yes, they did begun, begin running on opening day. Well, opening year, rather. Uh, the Mark IV monorails ran from October 1st, 1971 until 1991, and the Mark VI monorails began being added in 1989 to gradually replace the Mark IV models. So currently, the Mark VI models are 29 years old. I know we were talking about some of the monorails falling apart, uh, and it looks like there's been rumors that a newer model is, is in the works, but not sure where all that's going to going to land. And, and that bit of information came from our sponsor, Destinations with Character Travel. Uh, this guy knows Disney backwards and forwards, and uh, he quickly shot us a note to give us all the information needed. So that clears up any monorail question we had. Now, to the news. So we're going to start with Epcot tonight. A little bit of a rumor that Spaceship Earth may be getting an overhaul. And if that's true, that is exciting news, in my opinion. Yeah, this happens every time that Disney drops their corporate sponsor, it seems like. So Siemens is gone. All references to Siemens have been removed already. Nobody really knows what's coming. I think constantly refreshing this attraction, you know, when they added the final scene uh, in today's version of it, that, that that's still a pretty cool part of it. So constantly refining and adding additional technology, I think is good for Spaceship Earth because it is something that is, is around for the long haul. And, and this news came from WDW News Today. Yep. And their article on it, said that they thought that really it was the second half of the ride that was going to be completely revamped. A lot of the kind of technology scenes don't really apply anymore because at this point they're what, 20 years old? Especially uh, looking at the looking at the quote-unquote future uh, in some of Spaceship Earth, you're right. And they've, they also did mention that they expected Disney was going to really try to do some stuff at the end with projection mapping. You know, you go backwards, you see the Earth at the top of the dome. They could go so many different directions with this. Yeah, that's still one of my favorite parts, too, with all the, the stars. I don't know a better way to put it. Obviously, it's, you know, dangling lights. Uh, but anyway, staying in Epcot, going to move over to the World Showcase here. The Block and Hans kiosk is now reopened at the American Adventure uh, that's a, a place that we have visited and frequented. We frequently visit it whenever we go around the World Showcase. So that has now reopened. And they've got some cool craft beers on draft there. 
Yeah, if you're a beer drinker, that that's uh, a good spot for you. What about bourbon, Tom? They have any bourbon there? There is bourbon in in that <laughs> the Red Stag Lemonade. It's a Red Stag Lemonade. It's it's hit or miss. Now, however, we're gonna move over to Magic Kingdom. We're gonna take a monorail ride, which is which is a nice segue to the Magic Kingdom. That's one of my favorite things we say is taking a monorail ride over. Well, it looks like Rivers of America has been drained, which is just wild to imagine. If you haven't seen any photos, you can look them up online. You can actually see the track for the riverboat. Sorry, I guess, if we ruined that the riverboat is on a track for you. Tom, that, that was my secret for the secret of the day. So, mm. thank you. Looks like we're going to have to regroup on the fly. But this all will, will return in the fall is what it looks like. Uh, so, if you go to Disney World now, unfortunately, you will not be able to, to ride the riverboat. And you will notice that the Rivers of America has been drained. So, that will be kind of a weird sight. Can you still get to Tom Sawyer's Island? I think Tom Sawyer's Island is closed. Yeah. When I was, I was there. I was checking your facts. Yeah, when I was there, you could, but it hadn't been drained yet. The riverboat was just out. We'll double check on that and have an update if, if something changes. Moving over to Animal Kingdom, the baby giraffe that was born is now on Kilimanjaro Safari. So if you're fortunate enough, I can't guarantee you'll see the baby giraffe because that is kind of a free roam attraction and it's different every time. But you may be fortunate enough to see the baby giraffe out and about. On Kilimanjaro Safari, if you are, take a picture and shoot it over to us on Twitter. We would love to love to see your interaction or experience there. Then uh, some news over at Disney Springs. Looks like there's some Disney Springs roadway changes coming September 5th. Uh, so shortly after this episode's released, if you're down there, just be prepared for some roadway changes that are going on there. And then in just some general news, I know you've heard us talk about the Shark Reef uh, as a I don't know if I'd call it a good memory at Disney World for myself, but it was a memory nonetheless. Well, it's been closed, obviously, since about 2016, and it looks like they have recently paved over it to add more area for the beach. Uh, So that is totally out of existence now. And then uh, something cool, and this kind of falls under the Disney difference for me, we we picked up that the elevators at the Contemporary now talk to you, uh, tell you what floor you're on, and it's Disney characters that are talking. So that that's pretty cool for kids or any kind of family to hear, you know, if it's Mickey or Goofy or, or whoever comes over the speaker to give you information about where you are in the hotel. So that is, I believe That's it. a fun Disney touch. Yeah, yeah that is. That that, Disney finds unique ways to incorporate all their characters, and this is another good one. And I wish they wish they did it everywhere. You know, not all resorts have elevators. So I think that does it for me. Let's pause for just a minute to hear from our sponsors. So your family is coming to Orlando. And the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun. But you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. As parents ourselves, we get it. You're not asking for much. You just want the convenience of a clean, affordable stroller or crib delivered to your hotel or vacation home, ready to use. Welcome to Kingdom Strollers a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. To book your stroller or crib, just click on the item you'd like to reserve and select the dates for your rental. We run a tight ship, so we will never overbook. Next, tell us where you're staying and choose the times for delivery and pickup. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? 
Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today. Destinations with Character Travel Agency is your one-stop shop for Disney vacations, cruises, and more. With clients ranging from the magic makers of Hollywood to the business executives of New York to families from all over the U.S., people trust the travel consultants of Destinations with Character to make their magical dreams a reality with the patience, care, and attention to detail they deserve. With over 50 years of experience in Disney and worldwide travel, are over 30 travel consultants trained to give the best prices and service possible. Destinations with Character has the tools to make the difference for you. Find out how to take the stress and hassle out of your vacation. Simply contact them to let the magic begin. Destinations with Character Travel, making dream vacations come true every single day. Visit their website at www.destinationswithcharacter.com or email them at info at destinationswithcharacter.com. And be sure to tell them that the Men Do WDW podcast sent you. Okay, so let's move into our main topic for tonight. Let's just jump into it, guys. Five Disney memories. Don't need to rank them. But, but what are your five favorite Disney memories? Matt, so I feel I'll like you always go first. Let's have yeah. Tom do y'all want to mix it up? Time. Okay. Oh wow, I'm going first. I, I just assumed Matt would take his pole position and start start blurting out his answer. So we're, I don't have very much patience. So we're gonna go no particular order here because that helps. Because I'm going totally off the cuff. I'm just kidding, guys. I prepared. Come on. I, you have to. I have so many great memories. I had to prepare to pull the right ones. Um, I guess I'm gonna start with with number one. It'll be one of my more recent trips, uh, and it was actually going to Disney World with another couple. That's something I had not done to, to this point in my life. I'd been with friends, I'd been with family, family with friends, but going with another couple was definitely different, and going with um, a couple that had not been to Disney a ton, uh, at least. So, you know, they did Disney different than we did, and we did it different than them, and we kind of found a common ground, you know, to, to, to enjoy Epcot. And then... You know, at the age we are now, there are a lot of things at Epcot you don't realize they're there when you're a kid. And so going around the World Showcase and kind of enjoying that atmosphere, more of a slow-paced day in Disney World, taking in Disney, because so, so much of the time when you go, it's like go, 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 ride, 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 ride. And in this case, we, we did the attractions more so in the morning. And the rest of the day was very relaxed. You know, we were in no rush. We had no reservations. We just kind of enjoyed Epcot and the World Showcase and each pavilion for what they had to offer. So that's one of my, again, no order, but that's one of my top five memories right now for, for Disney World. Yeah, how about you? You can go next, Pete. Wow, you are you are being really generous tonight, huh? I mean, I, I, y'all got me feeling bad now. So one of my favorite memories from Disney, my wife and I took a trip, must have been 2012, 2012, 2013, something like that. We were at Magic Kingdom. I had no clue what Celebrate the Magic was. Didn't know there was a projection mapping show at Disney World. Obviously, this is before I kept up with the latest Disney news on a, on a minute-to-minute basis. So my wife and I were walking through past Cinderella Castle, and Celebrate the Magic just randomly started. And we sat and watched it, and I was, I was overwhelmed. I'd never seen anything like that before. And then, of course, we had, we had wishes right after it. But it was, it was very overwhelming to see this projection show when I wasn't expecting it. That That's an incredible show, too. I can remember the first time I saw it as well. And you had just been to Disney. And mm-hmm. I was planning a trip with, with my now wife. And I had watched it on YouTube. And they had changed it to like a, more of a summer-themed projection show. Same, same concept. But it was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen in person. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, that was kind of before this projection mapping was... Now it's common, right? You're talking five, six years ago, but it was before that projection mapping technology was really, really widespread. So really, I had no clue how they were doing this, how they were making this happen, but uh, but, but did really enjoy it and really enjoyed kind of stumbling on it that way. And I'll tell you, we were... I think that this was the second showing of Celebrate the Magic, so there was nobody there. I mean, we were pretty much by ourselves in the courtyard of Cinderella Castle watching this. So kind of kind of touching on that, like I remember and this will segue into one of my great memories. Like you guys had seen all the projection mapping and the castle do all the amazing things the castle does now. And y'all had seen that before me. And I one of the things I didn't do is I didn't want to watch it on YouTube. I didn't want to see you know I wanted to be surprised. And I knew I was going with you Pete, but just to to that point that was wild to me. Like <laughs> I had never seen anything like that. Like no matter how much it gets hyped up, I'm telling you the first time you see it, you'll be in disbelief and you'll just want to see it again and again and again. See, I agree with you, Pete. That's an awesome, awesome memory. Um, I'm going to go right into the trip that I took with you, Pete. Um, that was a spur of the moment trip. We went and just, um, I mean, it was, it was a very fun trip. It was a jam packed trip. It was action packed. We hit three parks in two days and we rode every big ride multiple times. And just going with a, a buddy for the first time was a lot of fun. So, and, and totally random, right? I mean, I, I don't think that we planned until, what, the Thursday before? And, and I, oh, yeah. we drove down on Friday or something like that? Or Wednesday and we drove down Thursday? Well, so, I, so what happened was I was scheduled to go to... No, 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 no. So now I was scheduled to go to Pittsburgh for a work meeting. And it got recent, like it just got like that work meeting got canceled. They were like, "All right, we're gonna send you somewhere else. We're gonna send you to Orlando for another conference." So I was like, "Cool, sounds good." So me being the Disney nut I am, I immediately looked online to see what was going on in Disney World, see like you know when I could get away from the conference, when I could do some stuff. And it just happened to be like the villains event, and I was like, "If nothing else, I can just go to that, and that'll be a lot of fun." But it turned out I just ended up just blowing off a lot of that conference, <laughs> and I whenever you decided you would come. It was easy. You know, we um, got in Friday. I went to about half a day of the conference and I went and checked into the hotel. You got there about a couple hours after me, went to the bar, had a couple of drinks, got ready for the day. And then we started at Epcot, man, bright and early. And I'll never forget, we rode Test Track first and your keys fell out of your pocket. And that the actual picture that we got from Test Track was you looking at me in the exact moment you said, Matt, I don't know where my keys are. They fell out. And I'm looking, you say, what do you mean they fell out? They're gone. <laughs> they fell out. You know, the funny thing about that trip, I remember it vividly, and it's not one of my top memories because I obviously wasn't there, but one, how spontaneous it was that Matt was going to Disney alone, and well, now Pete's going to go down out of nowhere. They've got a room. that They've got this villain's deal. And then two, how jealous I was when I got the semi, like every 30-minute update of a picture of you guys in another country just looking like you're having more and more fun as the day goes on. Well, it was the first time that I had ever drank around the world and I did it with Pete. So, I mean, to just like bring into like full circle how wild this trip was, wake up, go to Epcot. We finished drinking around the world at about 1.30 in the afternoon, which is a, a toward, toward pace. So we psychos. go and then we just psychos. So then when we get to the United Kingdom and all of a sudden like a huge thunderstorm comes out and it's our, our last, this is our last park. I mean, this is our last pavilion that we have to hit to, you know, finish the, the drinking around the world. 
So we hang out in that little pub over there, and everyone else is hanging out there too. So it was just a great time. I think we had too many more beverages hanging out like with the rainstorm. We go and buy ponchos. Like we have to get to Hollywood Studios. This is like 4 p.m. Like the villains, they just opened the park so we can get in. We buy the ponchos. $25 later, it stops raining two steps out of the door with our poncho. Or maybe it was like 20 steps. It was enough for like, well, it might rain later, so we're going to keep the ponchos. But... Then the rest of that day is a blur, Pete. The ponchos were unnecessary. And Tom, I'm going to skip you right here because to piggyback off of this, my next memory is actually, and it's one of the few things I remember about that day, but getting to, you know, parking at Hollywood Studios and making the walk from Hollywood Studios to Epcot. Oh, yeah. Where where we started off because... How excited were we walking past the Swan and Dolphin and, and seeing the Tower yeah, the of Terror walk and everything, and then and then going into Epcot? I mean, it was it was crazy how excited we were. And a lot of people don't know you can enter Epcot and through, through the pavilion, which was pretty cool too, because that's where we entered. And then you know we just made our way, and it was a lot of, a lot of fun. And and I think back to that trip, how spontaneous it was. I don't remember we didn't have any problems getting fast passes. I mean, we we got fast passes. A day or two yeah. before we got to the park, I know we we were able to get some. I know we were able to get a Seven Dwarfs Mine Train fast pass while we were at yep. the park. So we had we had really good luck, and and yeah, it just was a really random and spontaneous trip. So well, the biggest issue we had this was before you could you know kind of rent a phone charger for the day or an extra battery pack. And I remember both of us at the time had two phones. You know, we had a work phone and a personal phone, and we were burning through battery i think by the time we got to phantasmic at mgm then at our hollywood studios it was just like we couldn't separate ourselves from one another because we wouldn't have found each other again like, we didn't have like a we should have had an emergency plan upon reflection like hey at 10 o'clock meet at toy story mania or something we didn't have that because i remember going to get popcorn and a couple couple more beers for us and having a very hard time finding you like 45 minutes before phantasmic started it was it was definitely an epic day, and I. I and then the next day that. we got up early, and we were at Rope Drop for Magic Kingdom, and we did everything, and we lasted until what, like six o'clock. We went to Liberty Tree Tavern, ate a large meal, and said, "I mean, let's just let's just go to sleep. Let's just go back to the hotel." And by the time we got back, I don't think either of us woke up until the next day. Like we slept for a solid fourteen hours. I I think so too. It took a took a lot out of us. So anyway, didn't mean to skip you there, Tom. So my second one, I'm going to pull back from the Men Do Disney trip and going to Not So Scary. And it's a couple reasons why this is on my list. One, we're not allowed to use any repeats that we've discussed. So, you know, Pete's always discussed his Tony Town Square moment. I've discussed going my first time to Disney with my now wife for the first time. But so going to Not So Scary, we had, I, I personally had never done hard ticket event. And so I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I certainly was hoping for the best. Didn't didn't necessarily know how the waits would wait time would be. Didn't know how the party events would, you know, coincide with what I want to do inside the park. And it absolutely blew my expectations away. You know, Magic Kingdom has Space Mountain, which is my favorite ride at Disney World. And the group ended up really enjoying that ride that day. You know, Splash Mountain had no wait. We pretty much walked on whatever we wanted to do. And the purpose of that trip was to do as many attractions as we could, you know, kind of the two of the people that went hadn't been to Disney and, you know, really ever. And so it was kind of, I don't, I don't want to say, you know, their trip, but Pete and I definitely were more willing to, if they really liked X ride, you know, we would do it whenever, as much as they wanted to. And so I guess Not So Scary gave us that opportunity 
one, to do that. And then two, to say we stayed in the park for like 17 hours. So I, I want to jump in here because this is my third one. And I'll skip you again on this one, Matt. My my number three memory here is our our epic, and I think it was 18-hour day in Magic Kingdom. Because I think we got there about 7 a.m. or 7.30 and we were there until 1 a.m. Well, we got there for, yeah, we got there for rope drop. And I think they had, because whenever Magic Kingdom has a hard ticket event, they typically do the hour early opening. So they'll give you the extra mm-hmm. magic hours. We were on property. So that makes sense. That does, yeah. I think it opened at 8. And I think we got okay, there we at got 7. We got there at 7, 15, 7, 30. So, but, but yeah, that's, that was my number three was our epic 18-hour day. Because I can remember getting on Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I think it was a fast pass at 11 o'clock. And saying, we still have 13 or 14 hours left in the park. <laughs> you know, I can remember we're all sitting at Cosmic Rays. We had the meal, the quick service meal plan. And I guess we just weren't hungry until the event was about to start. And I was looking at all the faces thinking, well, two faces in particular. I knew Pete was there to roll, but they just didn't look like they wanted to get up. <laughs> it just looked like the day was over. You know, this was at, what, 7 p.m. Like when the that, event yeah. basically started. So. You know, we had six more hours. I'll, I mean, we were getting on Mine Train as our last attraction of the evening at about twelve thirty or twelve forty, I believe. Yeah, it was a it was a long day, and and it was because we shopped on our way out. We we did, we did. Sorry to cut you off, Matt, but go ahead with yours. Yes, I mean, while while we're on this topic, I guess you know the very first time you go to Disney with a friend. I mean, I used to go do a lot of family trips, and you know, one time when I was kind of getting to the age where I wanted to be doing like you know, spring break with my friends in high school, not going on a family Disney trip. My parents were nice enough to bring my best friend from high school with me. So we had a, we had a blast, you know, exploring the parks as well before we were old enough to do, you know, anything like we've talked about, you know, having fun and, you know, Epcot Pavilion, anything like that. But it was just a lot of fun to, to go with a buddy, kind of show that person why you like Disney so much, even at a young age. So, I mean, it's not a long one, but it was, it was a lot of fun because we still, me and my, me and my bud still talk about that trip and you know, that, that kid's pretty much part of our family. So it was, it was a lot of fun. And um, so that was, that's my number two. What are, what are you on now? Pete five. I've, <laughs> I've covered three. So why don't you go ahead with the third one? Is it me or you, Tom? Have you already done your third? No, I can, I can do my third. Let's see. Okay. I'm going to reference the, the Mendu Disney trip again. And we have another, you know, witness on the podcast for this, but I think it was a top five memory when the boat driver, from Hollywood Studios to Boardwalk, absolutely roasted me. Just over the microphone, didn't care who was listening, just just made me look like a fool when I was talking about my ability to drive a boat. You know, it's funny. She knew she knew what we needed to hear to have a good time. And as a Disney employee, she delivered. Well, let me tell you, not only did she absolutely roast me, but I think she probably surveyed the boat and realized it's all adults on here. There's not many people going to the Boardwalk. Because it... Everyone else had either taken the bus back or gotten dropped off already. She, we were about the mid, you know, front middle of the boat, and she just knew if I can get these four guys going, if I start making fun of this one kid, and she just absolutely—I mean, the whole boat was the whole entire boat that was going to Boardwalk was cracking up. You know, she was asking That's me awesome. what type of motor it was, what type of boat it was, just making me look like I didn't know. You know, well, did did you know anything? No, no. I mean, she was. I mean, she was most, and then. She was the most incredible boat driver I've ever seen. So that's another short one, but that is a really funny memory that all the guys still talk about that were on that trip. 
anytime we take the boat out that they ask me, hey, who's better, you or the lady driving the boat between um, Epcot, Boardwalk, and Hollywood Studios. And Now, to be fair, that boat did have stern drive on it, right? That that boat did, and, and the boat that I typically drive does not. Yeah, so she was able to whip that thing around a lot more than uh, than, than probably you, you would a normal boat, but nonetheless Im- impressive, and again, she saw a situation. And hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it was hilarious. She saw a situation and, and did what she could do to make it fun for everybody. You know, she took a typically boring boat ride and, and made it fun for everybody. And, and, and again, and that's the at the end of the night, everyone's exhausted. And she still, that's a really good point, Pete. She still made it fun. And when we got off at the boardwalk, everyone was laughing. I mean, they knew that I was the butt of the joke. And it, it was cool. I mean, I don't know. It was a really cool experience. Kind of like kind of like being that guy at Monsters, Inc. Laugh Floor. A little more adult version of that guy. Yep. So, All right, Matt, yep. what's your next one? Yeah, so, and if, if any of you guys, you know, do follow the Twitter account, if you don't know by now, 95% of the tweets are me. Uh, but I like to retweet a lot of the pin trading people on Twitter because when I was younger, I used to love pin trading. I would look forward to it every single year. And one of the coolest things for me was trying to collect just different different sets of pins, limited edition pins, you know, anything like that. But the one the the pin set that got me started was the, the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs Coca-Cola pins where you had all seven dwarfs and Snow White. It was just their face and their name underneath it. And they were on a lot of cast member lanyards. And they were it was just like a challenge for me. You know, I'd, sometimes I wouldn't want to go ride the rides with my family. I would just go through and like kind of inter- introduce myself to cast members, try and trade pins. I mean, I'd have like a ton of pins to trade. But, um, I mean, these guys are laughing right now because they just know how... You know how obsessive I was about pins for a little bit, but um. So if you guys do li- um do listen, you know, and follow us on Twitter, you know, I'd love to talk to you guys about pins or pin trading. I'm I'm a little bit out of the game, but that I mean it was a lot of fun. And uh, let me people will tell you, even on like the the trip that we took, I had my traders in my pocket, and I was still looking <laughs> at Casimir lanyards. Let me interject here. Matt is being extremely modest. If you go visit Matt at his house, you don't even have to be talking about Disney. The way his mind works. He'll just be like, "Hey, you want to see my Disney pins?" <laughs> He's still gonna pull them out, and, and he has he has the briefcase. You know, not not just the lanyard. He's got the, he's got those too. He has a, a pin framed in his room right now where he does a podcast. It's a Philhar Magic pin, and Donald being his favorite character, it's it's in the frame. So he's being modest when he says that he liked to kind of collect pins and have fun while he was there. I mean, his pin collection's outrageous. His limited editions are great. He's put a lot of time and work into that. And I mean, Matt grew up similar to all of us. He went to Disney World for long trips. And so he could spend a few hours, you know, in a day doing pin stuff. And it really didn't impact his trip to where he's missing out on something different. So I have to give the man credit. He's got an incredible pin collection. He collected cards growing up. And if you've ever collected basketball, baseball, football cards, he did that to an obsessive level. And he did pins to an obsessive level. Well, yeah, and you're exactly right. And here's the funny thing. So, you know, every every guy experiences this when they get married. But, you know, we had our first yard sale, my wife and I. And she tried to sell the pins. And I said, there's no way we're selling these pins. She's, and she was like, man, how much can they really be worth? I was like, huh? A pretty penny. She's like, we'll sell them online then. She just doesn't get it. She doesn't get, you know, the not just the, the monetary value that they, they probably have, but also like there's sentimental value. I mean, it's nostalgia for me. It was a lot of fun. And every time I go to Disney, I'm still going to try and do some pin trading. No, and I, I never got, I never got into the pin trading, but, um, but no, it is a, it is a great way to, to talk to cast members and, and, and to talk to other guests at Disney World too. So, and, and let me add one more thing. You do meet incredible cast members doing pin trading. 
you hear about how yes. they got to Disney World, a lot of them on the college program, where are they from, give me a Disney secret. You hear, you can learn a lot talking to cast members. But I will say that you, I mean, just talking to cast members in general, it doesn't have to be pin trading. How many cast members talked to us just because we were wearing ridiculous Hawaiian shirts? Exactly. That's a really good and point. And they, they loved it. You know, I can remember having a conversation with your girl at the rock and roller coaster drink station there. Oh, found out. Yeah, we were from the same. We we're from the same area. And you know, another thing, and this has nothing to do with our. This is total total side note on just talking to people at Disney World. My wife and I were in line for rock and roller coaster. Heard the people in front of us talking to the cast member about you know the, the area we we all live. And long story short, the woman in front of us husband worked for a company that was across across the street from where I lived, and they were down visiting Disney. So it's just it is crazy when you get to talking to Disney World, but. I digress. Pete, it is on you, I think, unless you're all tapped out with memories since you just kind of splur, splur, <laughs> never mind. I was about to say something bad. No, I, <laughs> I've got a couple, I've got a couple more memories left and it wouldn't be a men do Disney podcast without me mentioning Splash Mountain. I'll make this one quick though. So my, my family and I went over Christmas one year to Disney World and we were there a couple days before Christmas. We ended up leaving the day after Christmas. But one night, and I think it was the day before Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve, we were at Magic Kingdom. Splash Mountain closed down. There were some mechanical problems. Reopened with like an hour and a half left to go until the park closed or two hours until the park closed. So we were back there. We just happened to be back there when it reopened. No line. We rode Splash Mountain probably seven times in a row by ourselves in a log. We'd we'd come through the line and they'd say, "You guys want to go again?" and and they'd let us go back on. That's how few people were in line for Splash Mountain. So, and we actually ended up buying is one of the few ride photos that I've bought. And this was before the digital age where everything was on your phone. One of the few ride photos that I've ever bought was my two brothers and I by ourselves in a log at Splash Mountain. And we took we took like three different pictures and we and we cho- we had to choose one to. Uh, to buy as a memory of that trip, but, but a great memory of, of my favorite ride, just being able to stay on it over and over. And I, and I think that's why I have such a love for that ride. There are so many people who who are listeners who are so envious because that's such a popular ride. I mean, that's as much as I give you, as much as we rag you for, that's a great attraction and that's a cool memory. I mean, you're with your brothers too. I mean, that that's one of the most fun things when you do get to, you know, get to ride a Disney ride without a weight. I don't. Amen to that, man. Amen. It doesn't happen often, but you know, if you're if you're like us and you're like the last the last people in the parks, you know, the last people they're trying to kick out. You know, it's 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 really fun. So stay stay till the park closes. You'll you'll enjoy yourself. Um, so I'm gonna kind of segue off Pete there because you know he talked about family, and for the longest time, I think from when I was about, so I, I had my first trip to Disney when I was five years old. And I think that's kind of the perfect age to go. But the next time I went, I was nine. And after that, I went to Disney for, I think it was 10 or 11 straight years. Maybe 12. I don't I don't know how it was. I think it was 12 straight years. That's, that's crazy. That's a decade plus two. Wow. But one of the things that you know I really love about that time in my life is I knew what I was doing every summer. And I looked forward to it every summer. And it's what's built up this love for Disney that I do have. And just spending that time with my family, you know, my mom and my brother, we would be there and we just... You know, we'd plan our trips out months in advance and it would just be a culmination of so much like fun preparation and planning and just having that time with, you know, my family and, you know, now thinking about like taking my family to Disney and making it a frequent, you know, a frequent summer vacation or a frequent trip and just the magic that Disney can give you. 
and give to your family. It's just so much fun. I look back on those memories and I can't just pick one memory from those trips because it all culminates into, you know, why I'm doing this podcast with you guys, you know. Now, didn't you guys go on your brother's birthday every year? Yeah. Yeah, we did. So my mom was a teacher and my brother's birthday was in the summer. So obviously, you know, it actually really, it really stunk because every night, whenever we went out to dinner, it was my brother's birthday. So we celebrated my brother's birthday, you know, seven nights in a row. Like he would get like birthday, extra birthday money for the trip. I wouldn't like, it, it just wasn't really fair. So but maybe that's why cake. I like broke off. But you got free cake. But you yeah. got free cake. Every There's no way he could have eaten yeah. the cake every night. I mean, he was pretty fat. So, but anyway, I mean, maybe that's why I broke off and I started pin trading. I was sick of um, Camp Bro. That's obviously why you went to Cinderella's Royal Table by yourself, right? Yeah, and I can't, I mean, I guess I'm not going to tell that story. You can go back and listen. But yeah, one time I went to Cinderella's Royal Royal Table by myself and I was about 12 years old, I think. And they, they, they checked to see if I had money before they served me. And they gave me a great view. I mean, I could see the, all of Fantasyland, got the prime rib. It was fantastic. Well, I guess if I'm up next, I'm going to go. I like the family theme we have going, so I'm going to go with the family trip. I did a trip, as our listeners would know, because we had the podcast then in December with my mom and my fiance at the time, now wife. And we did something that I had never done before that my fiance was a big fan of. And we went to, we were down in Florida a few days early for other reasons. And instead of spending those days in the parks, because we were working and, and we really couldn't spend full days in the parks, each... Which I was trying to influence. Right. Pete would call me and say, hey, it's only X amount of dollars for you and your wife to, or you and your fiance at the time to add a single day ticket. I mean, it's worth it, even if you get to go for half a day. I was about this plan. However, my fiance had a better idea, which ended up working out so much better for us. What we did was we explored resorts and it was the it was Christmas time, and they had Christmas decorations, gingerbread houses. We did every moderate, I don't want to say every moderate, we did a lot of moderate resorts. You know, we did, of course, the Contemporary Polynesian, Animal Kingdom Lodge, Grand Floridian. We did Disney Springs a couple times. And so, it, because you're not, you don't feel like you're paying that park admission, it was just so slow and easy and no stress involved with it. And it ended up being one of my favorite. At the time, I just, I'm that close to Magic Kingdom. I'm like, why are we not buying a ticket to walk in? But now, on, upon reflection, it was such a, a good part of our trip to just kind of go to Disney Springs, take the first bus out, whichever resort, you know, that we were near. She, my, my wife is big with Disney cupcakes, so kind of chasing some of the different cupcakes at different resorts down. And, you know, my mom, of course, loves Christmas just like I do and my wife does. And Seeing Disney World goes all out for holidays, and they really, really go all out for Christmas. And, you know, you go to Polynesia and see that theme. And you go to Animal Kingdom Lodge, and you go to Grand Floridian, and it's a different a different theme and contemporary, which is my favorite uh, my favorite hotel. And so that was really, it, it's, it's a top five Disney memory because it was just, it was unique. It was so different than anything I'd ever done. And her family had done that growing up. So that was kind of cool to share that with my wife and my mom, too. And kind of maybe start a new tradition. Maybe we'll do that, we continue to do that. No, and that's cool. And and I talked about that and things that I wish that I do at Disney World. You just stopping to enjoy all the other stuff other than the parks and the rides that, that, that there is out there. I don't think that we do enough of that. We don't. Um, think about it. I mean, you think about the trips that, you know, I know you and your wife have shared trips that y'all have gone on and it and it is very, you know, itinerary. We're, we're, we're here to 
you know, spend time in the parks and attractions and different Disney benefits. And that's why that day in Epcot with the other couple we went with, and then the time that we did, you know, we were there a few days early, it's a luxury to just kind of enjoy. Now, now if I had park tickets those two days that we were there early, it would have been tough not to go into the park. But I don't know. It was just, it was was a cool experience. And that's why it made my list because it is something that's totally unique to what I would normally do at Disney World. So my last one, I'm sure that you guys can see where I'm going with this, but my, my last memory is kind of a combination of memories. Are we going to Tony's Town Square? Are we going to Tony's? No, we're not going to Tony's. We are going to Hollywood Studios into the last time that I rode the, rode the Great Movie Ride. And it was on the Mendu Disney trip. We had a fantastic cast member. He was very into his role. And he did a great job selling the experience. And it was, it was a really fitting end to the great movie ride. And we knew that it was closing at this point. So we wanted to make sure that we didn't. We, I, I had this as an honorable mention because we did not, we knew there was rumbles of it closing. We did not know it would be our last time on it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We had heard, we had heard rumors. You're, you're right. We had heard rumors that it was closing. They'd be putting in a move, a, another ride, but we didn't know that this was going to be our last time riding it. But it was just a great last experience, and I'm I'm glad we kind of went out that way with a bang. So, I, and I couldn't I couldn't have this without uh, without mentioning the great movie ride. Well, I'll finish my last one, and then we'll turn it over to Matt for the end. I had this literally written down as an honorable mention in case you did not mention it, but some I knew you were going to make sure Splash Mountain and Great Movie Ride were in here. So my last one is going to go back to my childhood, and I know we have parents who listen to the to the podcast who do track characters and, and try to find the rare characters. And I had a really cool experience growing up, and this is a, a two-part experience. To start, we were in Animal Kingdom. Jiminy Cricket was a big, big favorite character of mine. We heard where Jiminy Cricket was. This is on the same trip, I'll add. We make it to where Jiminy Cricket is supposed to be, and he is done for the day. He is not a character that was on a schedule at that time. You had no clue when he was coming back. So pure devastation. I, I am I am just crushed that we did not get there in time to see Jiminy Cricket. And so we're in Epcot later in the trip. And at this time, for some folks who have been to Disney World for years, you'll remember Epcot had a character bus. It was a double-decker bus that would park, and they would have, you know, your, your classic Disney characters as well, some some rare ones. I mean, Maleficent would, would pop on this double-decker bus sometimes. Well, that day, Jiminy Cricket was on the bus, and this was one of those trips where it was like day eight or nine, maybe ten, and I... I the pure joy that came over me because Jiminy Cricket was on the bus. I got to take my picture with Jiminy Cricket, get his autograph. It was the only time in my entire life, every Disney trip, that I've ever seen Jiminy Cricket out and about. And I still have the picture. My mom keeps it up at her house. I couldn't have been more than, I don't know, eight years old. And it, it was just, I don't know. It, he was such a difficult character to find, and he probably still is. I don't keep up as much with the characters and how the rarity that they they appear, but it's something I'll never forget. I mean, I, I vividly remember, you know, ru- just following Jiminy Cricket and the cast member walking with Jiminy Cricket because you didn't know where they were really going to stop. And I, I just knew this was my chance. And it was just, I don't know. It's a really, really cool memory. My mom and I had been doing the character thing all day. So it's, it's something I'll never forget. And hopefully one day I get to take my kids and find something just as crazy with whatever characters are popular and popular than Moana. I don't know. Yeah. Good luck predicting it. But yeah, exactly. So Mickey just turned ninety. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty cool character, and one that if you're ever in Magic Kingdom and he's doing a parade, you won't be able to see him because there's only one Mickey. Everyone knows that. Yeah, there can't be two Mickey's. Everybody knows that. Very true. Well, um, I'll knock out um my last one, and this one might be it. I know we weren't doing a top five list, but this might be my all time number one memory. 
Um, I went to Disney World, like I said, when I was five years old for the first time. And then, you know, I didn't really go back for a while. Um, I think I was like 10, 10 years old or something the next time I went back or nine, one of, one of the two. But we, we made plans to go with another family to the beach. And so it was really cool because, you know, they were like good family friends and we always went to the beach together. And for whatever reason, our family friend didn't get in town. They were supposed to get in town at like six and we were going to leave. And they eventually got in about 11 o'clock at night. And so needless to say, you know, I was about to go to sleep. My brother was about to go to sleep. I don't know. Mom was just just going through some coffee, I'm sure. But they finally arrive. And um, we used to have a VHS player and like a little TV screen in my mom's van. And we were in her car. We'd always like you take turns picking movies. So we handed my mom the movie that we were going to watch. And she said, all right, guys, well, um, you know, get ready. You're probably going to fall asleep because we got a long drive ahead. You know, about got two hours to the beach. She turns it on and it's the welcome video to like Walt Disney World. It's like here is everything that you would do at Walt Disney. And, you know, I just went nuts. I was like, mom, like, why, why, why are you so in Disney? Like, she's like, Cause that's where we're going, honey. And so, like, literally, we drove through the night. We were at Magic Kingdom the next morning for a rope drop. How my mom and her friend made it through the day with three or four kids. I can't remember how many kids there were at the time with that family. But, I mean, you want to talk about making a kid's life? Like, I will never ever forget that memory of being having a surprise trip to disney i don't know that was that was a lot of fun i I can remember you sharing that with me that that is i don't know what i would have done if i would have been sitting in the car i mean i if i wasn't asleep i would have been flipping out yeah i I hope that uh i hope that somebody does that to me one day no i'm not supposed to share this pete but your wife was planning a surprise disney trip i doubt (laughs) that she was not I made that completely up. <laughs> it's not going to happen for you. Hey, but isn't it? Unless is it Disney, me and Tom just kidnap you one day. Disney in November. That's what we keep joking about, right? Yep. That is what we keep joking about. I still have the vacation days blocked out of my schedule just in case. You guys you guys wait because I remember when we did the Men Do Disney trip, it was kind of a jokey night when we booked this thing and then it just ended up happening. Mm-hmm. Was that, does anybody have an honorable mention or anything else they want to share? You know, my honorable mention is driving in through the gates and seeing the sign just every time just just every time it it's i can you know on our last trip even i it was uh morning time when we well we went to the gates of the evening but when we went to epcot that morning and went to like the welcome to walt disney world where dreams come true we, we, when you see yeah. that sign yep. it's like it, it becomes real you know you're looking for this trip mm-hmm. so for so long then it becomes real i have one honorable mention and i don't remember i think i was on the phone with pete maybe matt or maybe one of the other guys who was on the men do disney trip but i was I was in Florida for work. I was in Orlando, and this is before the Disney in December trip that I took. And I was basically calling everyone to say, hey, I'm, I'm right next to the Tower of Terror. Let's see how close I can get. And uh, That was me. <laughs> and I drove to a point of no return, and I had to explain to the cast member that, hey, I don't have a, a park ticket, so I don't really want to pay for parking. <laughs> and so I turn out. You know, it's kind of funny. And then I'm like, hey, there's Spaceship Earth. Let's see how close I can get. And within 10 minutes, I'd done it again. I, I'd driven into the Epcot parking lot. And I, you know, I, I think Pete said that, you know, you're like Icarus. You're, you're getting too close to the sun here. And so Disney probably had a hit out on my uh, license plate for this guy just keeps driving into parks without tickets. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll throw one more honorable mention out. Now, I'm trying not to talk about stuff that we've talked about in the past, but in a previous job, you know, I got to go through the Utilidors in the Magic Kingdom. And so I was at Space Mountain at 4 a.m., I got to see Space Mountain lit up. I got to see, you know, the engineers working on, you know, just doing general maintenance. I got to see the employees walking through the utilidors. I got to see, you know, a side of Disney I had never seen. 
So that's all I got. But that was fun. That was a fun walk down memory lane. It was. It was. So let's go ahead and move into the secret and trivia question for tonight. What do we got, Tom? So we're going to knock out the secret first trivia question from last week and then the trivia question for this week. Uh, the Disney secret of the night. It's another did you know, because I, th- I think that went over well uh, from, from the response we've gotten from some listeners. Did you know the hydraulic thruster and cylinder used to bring the Yeti to life atop Expedition Everest uses more power than a 747 jet engine? Now, I know we're going to have someone tweet at me that it's, it's not, u- not using any power at all because it doesn't work right now. But when it was working, you know, that, that's one of those secrets. Like when, when we talk about mission space using more power than an actual spaceship. So found, found that pretty interesting. And it gives me hope and excitement for whenever Disney cleans the mess up and gets it, gets it back functioning. Now, the trivia question from last week was what real American town inspired Main Street USA? Had a lot of folks get the correct state with Missouri, but it is Marceline, Missouri. That is the city and state that inspired Main Street USA. Uh, so for this week's trivia question, this is actually a news item that I'm, I'm testing you, the listener. So you listening in your car right now, I want to know if you pay attention to Disney World enough to be this up to date with the news because this is fairly recent news. Uh, still, still be pretty recent by the time the, the episode releases. But it is. what is the name of the cantina at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? Uh, recently, they they released what the name would be. So I want to see how much are you following Disney, and uh, of course you can tweet us or email us with this answer. You can tweet us at men do wdw podcast, or you can email us at men do wdw at gmail And as Matt alluded to earlier, he's on he's on Twitter all the time. So if you want to interact with Matt or Pete or myself. Tweet us any questions, comments. We, we really enjoy interacting with you guys. And I know Matt has had a blast uh, since since he's really decided to take over the Twitter and, and, and handle that with you guys. So keep up the keep up the interaction, and we look forward to talking with you guys soon. All right, anything else for tonight? I'll, t- I'll tease something real quick. We're in the works of um, doing some, some guest spots on a few other Disney podcasts and having them in turn come on our podcast. So... We're really excited about that, and we're um, you should be looking for that soon. And um, we'll we'll put some more teasers out when some more details become official. But we think this will be a lot of fun and kind of you know bring the Disney community together. All right, well, good stuff. Well, that's all we've got this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on the Twitter at WDW Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at mendoWDW@gmail.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.